0: Chapter 13 of Berwick the Briton by G. A. Henty. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gary Olman. a Christian. While Berwick thus spent his time between his exercises and the schools and one or the other of the libraries varied occasionally by paying a visit with Polio. Podoic and his companions were not ill-contented with their life. Most of them had, during the long journey through Gaul, picked up a few words of Latin from their guards, and as it was the language of the gymnasium and was the only medium by which the men of the various nationalities could communicate with each other, they now rapidly increased their knowledge of it, beric strongly urging them to become acquainted with it as soon as possible as it might be most useful and important to them none of the others beside boduoc were scopus thought ever likely to be a credit to him in the more serious contests in the ring but all showed an aptitude for wrestling and boxing and the lanister was well content with this as the games in the arena frequently commenced with these comparatively harmless sports and in most of the provincial cities wrestlers and boxers were in great request. Beric was much pleased when he heard from the master that he intended to confine his teaching to these two exercises only with regard to his companions, for although men were sometimes seriously hurt by blows given by the masses of leather and lead which round around their fists were used to give weight to the blows, A final termination to the contest was rare. In the exercise, the men practiced with many wrappings of wadding and cotton round the casus, answering the purpose of the modern boxing glove. Beric himself was very partial to the exercise, and as it strengthened the muscles and gave quickness and activity to the limbs, scopus encouraged him in it. I do not see the use of the casus. Barrick said one day. One could hit and guard much more quickly without it. It is good, no doubt, for exercise, as it strengthens the muscles. For fighting, it would be better to lay it aside. What is the advantage of it? With the bare fist, one can knock an opponent down, and with a very few blows, strike him senseless. What more can you want than that? Yes, for men like you, Britons, that would do. For a straight blow from any one of you would well-nigh break in the bones of the face of an ordinary man. And as you say, you can strike much more quickly without the weight on your hands. But with smaller men, a contest might last for hours without the cases, and the spectators would be tired of it. But I will try the experiment some day and put up one of the Britons against Aftor the Gaul hands against the cases, and see what comes of it. At present, he is more skillful than any of you people, but they are getting on fast, and when one of them is fairly his match in point of skill, I will try it. If the Briton wins, I will, when they first go into the arena, match them against the champions of the other schools with bare hands against armed ones. But they will get great credit if they win under those conditions. "'Both at that and at wrestling, you Britons are likely to carry all before you. "'I should like to train you all only for that.' "'I wish you would,' Beric said earnestly. "'There is less honor in winning at wrestling and boxing than in the other contests,' Scopus said. "'For that I care nothing whatever, Scopus. "'Beside, you would get more credit from my winning in these games than for my being killed in the others. "'Strength and height count for much in them.' while against an active, raterious, strength goes for little. But you are active as well as strong, Beric, and so is Bedor. Moreover, when Caesar sent you to me to be prepared for the ring, he meant that you should take part in the principal contests, and he would be furious if, on some great occasion, when he expected to see you stand up against a famous champion, turned out that you were only a wrestler i am ready and willing to learn all the exercises scopus i should like to excel in them all but you might put me up as a wrestler and a boxer then if nero insisted on my betaking myself to other weapons i can do so without discredit to you but my opinion is that every man should do what he can do best were we to fight with clubs i think that we need to have no fear of any antagonist but our strength is for the most part thrown away at sword play at which any active man with but half our strength is our match you have told me that nero often looks in at your school and doubtless he will do so when he comes back from greece you could tell him that you had found that all the britons were likely to excel rather in wrestling and boxing where their strength and height came into play than in the other exercises and that you therefore were instructing them chiefly in them i will see what i can do scopus said i like you britons you are good tempered and give me no trouble i will tell you what i will do i will send to greece for the best instructor in wrestling i can get hold of they are better at that than we are and wrestling has always ranked very high in their sports most of you already are nearly a match for decius but you are all worth taking pains about for there are rich prizes to be won in the provincial arenas as well as at rome and in greece where they do not care for this serious contest there is high honour paid to the winners in the wrestling games as time went on beric had little leisure to spend in libraries for the exercises increased in severity and as instead of confining himself as most of the others did to one particular branch he worked at them all The day was almost entirely given up to exercises of one kind or another. His muscles and those of his companions had increased vastly under the training they received. All had been accustomed to active exercise, but under their steady training every ounce of their superfluous flesh disappeared. Their limbs became more firmly knit, and the muscles showed out through the clear skin in massive ridges. We should astonish them at home, Beric boduoc said one day it is strange that people like the romans who compared to us are weakly by nature should have so studied the art of training men in exercises requiring strength i used to wonder that the roman soldiers could wield such heavy spears and swords now i quite understand it we were just as nature made us they are men built up by art why when we began my arms used to ache in a short time with those heavy clubs now i feel them no more than if they were willow wands pollio had remained but two months in rome and had then gone out with a newly appointed general to syria beric had missed his light-hearted friend much but he was not sorry to give up the visits with him to the houses of his friends. He felt that in those houses he was regarded as sort of show, and that the captured British chief, who was acquainted with the Latin tongue and the Roman manners, was regarded with something of the same curiosity and interest as a tamed tiger might be. Besides, however much gladiators might be the fashion in Rome, he felt a degradation in the calling and although he quite appreciated the advantage that the training would be to him should he ever return to britain he was pleased to learn from pollio on the day before he started that he had heard that his uncle would ere long return to rome i believe he said that it is entirely my aunt's doing you know how she hates what she calls her exile and i hear that she has been quietly using all her family influence to obtain his recall and his appointment as a magistrate here. I learn she is likely to succeed and that my uncle will be one of these fine days, astounded at receiving the news that he is appointed a magistrate here. I don't suppose he will ever learn my aunt's share in the matter and will regard what others would take as a piece of supreme good luck, as a cruel blow of fortune however if he did discover it my aunt would maintain stoutly that she did it for the sake of the girls whom she did not wish to see married to some provincial officer and condemned as she had been to perpetual exile and as she would have the support of all her relations even of my father who is also convinced that it is the greatest of all earthly happiness for a roman to reside at rome my uncle for once will have to give in amelia too will be glad to return to rome though i know that annier is of a different opinion i believe from what she let drop one day that she has a leaning towards the new sect of which she has heard from the old slave who was her nurse it would be a great misfortune if she has for it would cause terrible trouble at home and if any fresh persecution breaks out, she might be involved. I am sure my aunt has no suspicion of it, for if she had, the slave would be flogged to death or thrown to the fishes, and any his life would be made a burden to her till she consented to abandon the absurd ideas she had taken up. But if Norbanus had returned with his family to Rome, Beric had heard nothing of it. Had Polio been at Rome, he would at once have taken him to see him on their return. But now that he is gone there was no one from whom he would hear of their movements. And Norbanus himself would be so much occupied with his new duties and with the society with which Lesbia would fill the house, that he would have no time to inquire about the British captive he had received as his guest at Massilia one evening when the rest of the gladiators were engaged in a hot discussion as to the merits of some of those who were to appear at the games given in celebration of the funeral obsequies of a wealthy senator beric asked boduoc to accompany him for a walk one gets sick of all that talk about fighting he said as they went out how men can sit indoors in a hot room heavy with the smoke of the lamps when they can go out on such a lovely night as this i cannot understand we do not have such nights as this at home no boduoc assented reluctantly for it was seldom that he would allow anything roman to be superior to what he was accustomed to in britain the nights are certainly fine here and so they need to be when it is so hot all day that one can scarcely breathe outside the house. It seems to me that the heat takes all the strength out of my limbs. Beric laughs. It did not seem so, Bedoic, when today you threw Botham, who is as heavy and well nigh as strong as yourself, full five yards through the air. Let us turn out from these busy streets and get among the hills, not those on which the palaces stand, but away from houses and people. What a night it would be for wolf-hunting, Bodoic said suddenly, when they had walked along for some distance in silence. Yes, that was fine sport, Bodoic, and when we slew we knew we were riding the land of fierce beasts. Well, many of the gladiators are not much better, Beric. There is Porus, who may be likened to a panther. There is Christimus, who is like a savage bull. Grippus, who, when not at work, is forever trying to stir up strife truly i used to think beric that i could not slay a man unless he was an enemy but i scarcely feel that now the captives in war are like ourselves and i would not if i could help it lift sword against them but many of the men are malefactors who have been sentenced to death as gladiators rather than to death by the executioner and who by the terms of the sentence must be killed within the course of a year well there is no objection to killing these if you do not do it someone else will then there are the romans these are the roughest and most brutal of all they are men who have been the bullies of their quarters who fight for money only and boast that it is a disappointment to them when by the vote of the spectators they have to spare an antagonist they have conquered it is at least as good a work to kill one of these men as to slay a wolf at home then there are the patricians who fight to gain popular applause and kill as a matter of fashion for them i have assuredly no pity no i hope i shall never have to stand up against a captive like myself but against all others i can draw my sword without any of the scruples i used to feel i hear that if one of us can but hold his own for three years in most cases he is given his liberty i do not mean that he would be allowed to go home but he is free from the arena. They were now near the summit of one of the hills, where a clear sweep had been made of all the houses standing there in order that a stately temple should be erected on the site. Suddenly they heard a scream in a female voice. There is some villainy going on, Bodoak. Let us break in upon the game they ran at the top of their speed in the direction from which they had heard the cry and came upon a group of seven or eight men belonging as they could see by the light of the moon to the dregs of the city a female was lying on the ground another was clinging to her and two men with coarse jeers and laughter were dragging her from her hold when the two britons came up Beric struck one of the men to the ground with a terrible blow, while Bedouac, seizing the other, hurled him through the air, and he fell head foremost among a heap of the masonry of a demolished building. The other men drew their knives, but as Beric and his companion turned upon them, there was a cry, They are gladiators, and the whole of them, without a moment's hesitation, took to their heels. Beric then turned toward the females, but as the light of the moon fell full on his face, the one with whom the men had been struggling exclaimed why it is surely beric beric looked at her in surprise it is the lady india he exclaimed why what are you doing at this time of night in so lonely a place and without other attendants than this woman it is my nurse and said i was on my way with her beric to a secret meeting of christians held in an underground room of one of the villas that stood here i have been there several times before and we have not been molested but as i gather from what the men said they noticed the light fall upon my necklace and bracelet as i passed by a lamp and so followed us happily they overtook us before we reached the place of meeting had they followed us further they might have come upon us there and then much more harm would have been done they came upon and roughly demanded who we were and bade me hand over my jewels lycoris like answered them and they struck her down i throw myself down to her and clung to her but they would soon have plundered and perhaps killed me had not you arrived do not you think in that it is foolish or wrong of you thus to go out unprotected at night to such a place as this and as i suppose without the knowledge of your father and mother they do not know she said but it is my duty to go it is the only opportunity i have for hearing the word preached i cannot think in here that is your duty beric said gravely the, f- the first duty of a young woman is to obey her parents and i think that you being as yet scarce a woman are not able to judge between one religion and another i know nothing of the doctrines of this sect save what your father told me but he said that they were good and pure and being so i am sure that they cannot countenance disobedience to parents the words are forsake all and follow me Inia said firmly that could not have been said to one of your age Inia, i was reading the jewish sacred book the other day, and one of the chief commandments is to honor your father and mother. Well, I think at any rate that it is best not to go there tonight. These men may return, and at any rate I will not allow you thus to wander about at night unprotected. But Doick and I will escort you to your house. When you get there, I trust that you will think this over, and that you will see that such midnight excursions are altogether wrong, whatever the motive may be. But at any rate, if you must go, I must obtain your promise that you will write to me at the school of Scopius, the gladiator, to tell me at what hour you start. I shall not intrude my presence upon you, nor accompany you, for this would be to make myself an accomplice in what I consider your folly. But I shall always be near you, and if you are again disturbed on your way, Budike and I will be at hand to punish those who meddle with you. The old nurse by this time had regained her feet. You are the nurse of this young lady, Beric said to her sternly, and should know better than to bring her into danger. If Norbanus knew what you have done, he would have you cut in pieces. It is not the fault of Lycorius, she begged, and, and entreated me not to come, but I would not listen to her you are angry with me beric but you would not be angry if you knew what it was to me younger than i have died for the faith and i would die too if it were necessary beric made no reply he was indeed deeply vexed at what he considered an act of mad folly the daughters of nobamus had been very friendly and kind to him at massilia and he felt a debt of gratitude to their father and this escapade on part of inia who was as yet scarce sixteen vexed him exceedingly. He was not sure indeed, but that he ought to go straight to Norbanus and tell him what had happened. Yet he feared that in such a case the anger of the magistrate would be so great that Ennia would be forced by him into becoming one of the Vestal Virgins, or be shut up in strict imprisonment. Scarce a word was spoken as they passed down a hill and into the streets, now almost deserted. At last Innia stopped at the entrance used by the slaves to her father's house. Will you give me your promise, he asked, about going out at night again? I implore you, I beseech you, do not again leave the house of your father at night, unknown to him. You cannot tell the dangers you run by so doing, or the misery you may bring not only on yourself, but on your parents. I promise you, Ineer said, I owe you so great a debt of gratitude that even your harsh words do not anger me i will think over what you have said and try to do what may seem to be my duty that is all i ask beric said more gently and then turning walked away with boduoc who had but faintly understood what was being said but was surprised at the recognition between beric and this girl whom he had not particularly noted when at massilia that is pollio's cousin the younger daughter of the magistrate i stayed with at massilia it was well for her that it was not pollio who came to her rescue instead of me i should say so boduoc said dryly pollio would scarcely be a match for eight cut-throats i did not mean that Bedouin i meant that he would have rated her soundly it seems to me that you are rating her somewhat soundly beric i scarce ever heard you speak so harshly before and i wondered the more as you are neither kith nor kin to her while by the hardiness with which you scolded her you might have been her own brother i do not think whether i had a right to scold her or not podoic i liked both the maiden and her sister and their father was very kind to me moreover after polio has done for us the least i could do was to look after his cousin but even if i had known nothing whatever of her or her friends i should have spoken just as i did the idea of a young girl like that wandering about at night with no one but an old slave to protect her in an unfrequented quarter of rome it is unheard of but what were they doing there beric they were going to a meeting place of a new religion that is in rome the people who belong to it are persecuted and obliged to meet in secret the old woman belongs to it and has i suppose taught india i have heard the sect is spreading and that although most of those who adhere to it are slaves or belong to the poorer class there are many of good family who have also joined it well i should have thought bodouac said that the romans had no cause to be dissatisfied with their gods they have given them victory and dominion and power and wealth what more could they want of them i could understand that we whose god did nothing to assist us in our fight against the romans should seek other gods who might do more for us but that a roman should have been discontented with his gods is more than i can understand but what is that sudden flash of light it is a fire and in these narrow streets with a brisk wind blowing it may well spread there do you hear the watchman's trumpets giving the alarm let us get back quickly boduoc it may be that we shall be all turned out to fight the fire if it spreads they were not far from the school now and a few minutes run took them there the house was quiet but a few oil lamps burning here and there enabled them to make their way to the broad planks arranged like a modern guard bed on which they slept with their three comrades is that you beric scopus who slept in a cubicle leading off the great room asked yes it is boduoc and i you are very late he growled late hours are bad for the health Are you sober? Beric laughed. No, I need not ask you, Scopus went on. If it had been some of the others who had been out so late, I should have been sure they would have come home as drunk as hogs, but that is not your way. There is a fire not very far off, Scopus, and the wind is blowing strongly. Scopus was at once on his feet and came out of the room. I don't like fires, he said. Uneasily, Let us go up on the roof and see what it is like. Short as the time had been since Beric first saw the flash of light, the fire had already spread, and a broad sheet of flame was shooting up into the air. It is down there in the most crowded quarter, and the wind is blowing strongly. It is likely to be a big fire. Listen to the din. A chorus of shouts, the shrieks of women, and the tramp of many feet running, mingled with the sounding of the watchman's horns. The soldiers will soon be there to keep water, Scopus said, as every household is obliged to keep a bucket in readiness, and there is an abundance of water. They will cope with it. At any rate, the wind is not blowing in this direction. It is half a mile away fully. Can we go down and see if we can be of any assistance, Beric asked. We might help in removing goods from the houses and in carrying off the aged and sick. You can if you like, Beric. I would not say as much for those... While training hard, for the loss of a night's rest is serious. But as it will be some months before you Britons are ready for the arena, it will do you no harm. Beric went below, aroused his countrymen, and went with them and boduoc. The streets were alive. Men were running in the direction of the fire carrying buckets. Women were standing at the doors inquiring of the passerby if they knew what street was on fire and whether it was likely to spread. The sound of military trumpets calling the soldiers to arms rose in various parts of the city and mingled with the hoarse sound of the watchmen's horns. As they approached the fire, the crowd became thicker. Beric admired the coolness shown and the order that already reigned. The prefect of the seventh cohort, of the night guard, always on duty to guard the streets from thieves or fire, was already on the spot and under his directions and those of several inferior officials. The men, as fast as they arrived, were set to pass buckets, along from the fountains and conduits. Who are you? the magistrate asked, as the five tall figures came up the street in the light of the fire. We belong to the school of Scopus, Beric said. We have come down to see if we can be of assistance. We are strong and can move goods from houses threatened, or carry off the sick, should there be any, or we can throw water on the flames. The soldiers will do that, the magistrate said. That is their business. But, as you say, you may be of use in helping clear the houses outside their lines. The flames are spreading. Come with me, I will take you to the centurion, commanding a copy of the night guard here for if he saw you coming out of the house with goods, he may take you for plunderers. The centurion, who was hard at work with his men, nodded an assent. It were well to get some more stout fellows like these, he said to the magistrate. In spite of our efforts, the fire is making headway, and sooner the houses in the path are stripped, the better. A strong body of volunteers for the work was soon organized, and an official placed in charge of it. All night they worked without intermission, Beric and his comrades keeping together and astonishing those who were working with them by the strength and activity they displayed. But fast as they worked, the flames advanced faster. They were half suffocated by smoke, and the sparks fell thickly around them. The workers carried the goods out of the houses into the street, where other parties conveyed them to open spaces. Lines of men down all the streets leading to the scene of the fire passed along buckets of water. These the soldiers carried up onto the roofs which they deluged, while others wetted the hangings and furniture that had not been removed. Parties of troops strove to pull down the houses in the path of the flames, while others again marched up and down, preserving order. The night guard entered the houses, compelled all to leave, saw that none were left behind while sentries kept guard over the goods piled high in the open spaces when morning broke beric gave up the work to a fresh party and returned with his companions to the school they found it the deserted save by the slaves the others having as they learned gone to the fire an hour before with scopus we will have a bath to get rid of the dust and sweat beric said but first we will go up to the roof and have a look at the fire we had no time when we were working to think much of it but as we were always being driven back by it it must have spread a good deal an exclamation of surprise broke from them when they gained the roof smoke and flames were rising over a large area a dense canopy overhung the town a confused din filled the air while momentary deep heavy sounds told of falling roofs and walls this is terrible boduoc why terrible beric for my part i should like to see rome utterly destroyed as she has destroyed so many other towns the romans would build it up again more magnificent than before no it would be a misfortune to the world if rome were destroyed but there is little chance of that they have had many fires before now this is a large one certainly but by the time all the troops in the city must be there and if the wind drops they will soon arrest the progress of the flames. The other Britons quite agreed with Bodoic, and though ready to work their hardest to aid in saving the property of individuals, they looked on with undisguised satisfaction at the great conflagration. On such a point as this, Beric knew that it would be useless to argue with them. You had better come down from the roof, Bodoic. There are others watching the fire beside ourselves, and if it were reported that some of the gladiators from the school were seen making exulting gestures, there would be a popular tumult, and as likely as not we should be charged with being the author of the fire. Let us go down and get some food, and then have a bath and sleep for a while. There is little chance of the fire being checked at present. At any rate, we have done our share of the work. After a few hours sleep, Berrick again went up to the roof the fire had made great progress and as he could see was not only travelling with the wind but working up against it it was already much nearer to the school than it had been as to the width of the area of the conflagration the smoke prevented him from forming any opinion but he judged that the length was fully a mile it was evident that the progress of the fire was causing great dismay Groups were gathered on the housetops everywhere while the streets were crowded with fugitives laden with household goods, making their way towards the thinly populated portions of the hills. After eating some bread and fruit, Beric again sallied out with his four companions. On their way down, they met Scopus with several of the gladiators returning. What is being done, Scopus? As far as stopping the fire, nothing is being done. It has been given up. What can be done when the fire is sweeping along a mile broad and the heat is so great there is no standing within a hundred yards of it. All the soldiers are there and the magistrates and the guards and all the rest of them, but all that can be done is to prevent the scum of the city from sacking and plundering. Scores of men have been scourged, scores of men have been scourged and some beheaded but it is no easy matter to keep down the mob there are parties of guards in every street the whole of the praetorians are under arms but the terror and confusion is so great and spread over so wide a space that it is well-nigh impossible to preserve order proclamations have just been issued by the senate calling upon all citizens to gather at their places of assembly in arms and joining them to preserve order and authorizing the slaying of all robbers caught in the act of plundering. All persons within a certain distance of the fire are recommended to send their wives and families with their jewels and all portable wealth to the public gardens where strong guards of the praetorians will be posted. It seems to me that the fire is advancing in this direction also, Scopus. It is spreading everywhere, Scopus said gloomily. The heat seems to draw the air in from all directions, and the flames surge sometimes one way and sometimes another. You had better not go far, Beric. If the flames crawl up much nearer, we shall have to prepare for a move. We have no jewels to lose, nor is the furniture of much value, but the arms and armor, our apparatus, clothes, and other things must be carried off. The scene as Beric went forward was pitiful, in the extremes weeping women carrying heavy burdens and with their children clinging to their dress came along Some shirts up and down frantically for members of the family who had been lost in the crowd old men and women were being helped along by their relations the sick were being borne past upon doors or the tops of tables among the fugitives were groups of men from the poorest district by the river who were only restrained from snatching in ornaments and caskets of the women's by the presence of the soldiers standing at short intervals along the street and at the doors of the principal houses. In spite of the vigilance of the guards, however, such thefts occasionally took place and the screams from time to time rose in the side streets, told of the work of plunder going on there. I should like to turn down here and give a lesson to some of these villains, Budowick said. I should like nothing better, Budowick, but it would not do to get into a fray at present. It would only bring up the guard and they would not be likely to ask many questions as to who was in fault, but would probably assume at once that we, being gladiators, were there for the purpose of robbery and that the row had arisen over the division of spoil. Look, there is a centurion taking a party of men down the street where we heard those screams. Let us move back a few paces and see what is going to happen. Yes, there is another party of soldiers coming in the other end. The women are running out of the houses to tell their grievances. Small parties of soldiers enter the houses. Shouts and yells can be heard. Even above the surrounding den, men jumped from window or ran out into the street, only to be cut down by the troops there and So each body of soldiers continued to advance until they met in the centre of the street and Then, after a few words between the officers, each party returned by the way it had come. They had done their work, and the street had been completely cleared of the plunderers. You see. Badoek, had we run down there when we heard the cries it would have gone hard with us the troops certainly spent no time in questioning the women might have told them perhaps that we had come to their assistance still it is just as well that we keep clear of the matter beric's party skirted along the fire for some distance at some points to windward of the flames efforts were still being made to prevent their spread large numbers of men being employed in pulling down houses under the supervision of the fire guard. Bodies of troops guarded the entrance to all the streets and kept back the crowd of sightseers who had assembled from all parts of the city. Fearing that they might be impressed by the work of demolition, the Britons returned to the school. The familia, as the members of any school of this kind were called, were all assembled. Scopus was walking moodily up and down the gymnasium but it was evident by the countenances of most of the men that they felt a deep satisfaction at the misfortune that had fallen Rome. From time to time, Scopus ascended to the roof or sent one of the men out to gather news, but it was always to the same effect. The fires were still spreading and assuming every hour more serious proportions. Towards evening, the flames had approached so closely that Scopus gave orders for the men to take up their bundles, that had already been made up containing everything of any value in the school you had better not wait any longer he said at any moment there may be orders for all schools to go down to help the troops and then we should lose everything accordingly the heavy packets were lifted by the men on to their heads or shoulders and they started for the Palatine, which was the nearest hill. Here were many of the houses of the wealthy, and the owners of most of these had already thrown open their gardens for the use of the fugitives. In one of these, the gladiators deposited their goods. Two of the party had been left to guard them. The rest went out to view the fire. There was little sleep in Rome that night. It was now evident to all that this was no local conflagration but that, if the wind continued to blow, it threatened the entire destruction of a considerable portion of the town. Every space and vantage ground from which a view of the fire could be obtained was crowded with spectators. There were great fires when we destroyed Camelodium, Verulium, and London, bodoc said, but this is already larger than any of those, and it is ever spreading, even at the distance we can hear, the roar of the flames, the crash of the falling houses, and the shouts of the workers. It is a terrible sight indeed, Bodoic. It looks like a sea of fire. So far, the part involved is one of the oldest and poorest in the city, but it goes on like this, the better quarters will soon be threatened. If we get no special orders tomorrow, we will go down to the house of Norbanus and give what help we can in the removal of his goods." His library is a very valuable one, and its loss would be a terrible blow to him. I remember that at Camelodium there was nothing I regretted so much as the destruction of books. It is all a matter of taste, Bodoic said. I would rather have a good suit of armor and arms than all the books in Rome. Why some people should worry their brains to make these little black marks on paper and others should trouble to make out what they mean, is more than I can understand. However, we shall be glad to help you to carry off the goods of Nobanus. End of chapter 13